Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, July 30th, and on today's show, we're going to answer some of your mailbag questions, as well as uh, briefly break down what some of the free agent signees had to say uh, when meeting with the media after the announcements of their new contracts with uh, with the black and gold. Before we get to that, quick reminder to smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Uh, for the month of August, we're going to be going to three shows a week, likely Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but in the event that a Tuesday or Thursday episode drops, uh, just, yeah, if you subscribe, you'll automatically get each new episode right to your feet. If you're on Twitter, you can follow along at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, we're Locked On Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Now, like I talked about yesterday, and first of all, thank you so much to all of you who tuned in to yesterday's episode. I think uh, Thursday, July 29th was top five for downloads in the history of the podcast. So a lot of you really interested in uh, the players that the Bruins signed, and uh, I really do appreciate you coming here to uh, get some more information. Again, Bruins general manager Don Sweeney uh, signed goalie Linus Allmark, forwards Nick Foligno, Eric Howla, Thomas Nasik, and defenseman Derek Forbort, as well as re-signing uh, Mike Riley. He said we were aggressive in filling holes, fortunate that the ownership group, uh, Mr. Jacobs and Cam Neely, said we've got a competitive group and the Bruins remain in win-now mode. Obviously, the offseason started with the signings of Brandon Carlo to a six-year extension, Taylor Hall to a four-year extension, and that set the tone for what was to come on the first day of free agency. I do think I failed to mention that uh, Sean Corrali was signed by the Columbus Blue Jackets and Yaroslav Halak signed by the Vancouver Canucks. You know, two fairly important pieces over the last uh, couple of years anyways, and uh, we wish them well moving forward. Now, in terms of why these guys chose to sign with Boston, uh, Nick Foligno, for one, said the track record speaks for itself. Playing against the Bruins all these years, they're a team... He's admired from afar, the culture, the structure, always in the thick of it, always a team that seems to have a chance to win on any given night and also in the postseason. So that topped with a conversation he got to have with Bergeron, which was really cool just being able to speak to him, he said, kind of pick his brain a little bit before and to get a sense from Berge as to how excited the Bruins would be to have him join. He said that excites you as a player. It's one thing to hear it from a GM or a coach, but when you can get a teammate lobbying to try and get you on their team, especially somebody with respect in the league and the way he plays, it meant a lot to me and carried a lot of weight. It's a team I'm really excited to be joining right now, Felino said. I think I mentioned before as well that Felino's daughter had life-saving heart surgery at Boston Children's Hospital in 2016. Uh, he said she's doing great. 
and that he wanted to give a big thank you to Boston Children's. And just to say Boston has a special place in the family's heart because of that. Uh, it's a serendipitous uh, circumstance in a way that coming back to a place that gives them a chance to be a family uh, in the first place. And they're really looking forward to uh, creating a deeper bond with uh, the city of Boston. So that is a pretty neat connection for uh, Felino and the city of Boston. When it comes to Linus Allmark, he said for him, it just felt right. Felt right for him, felt right for his family, and also his career. He, of course, signed a four-year, $5 million uh, annual cap hit deal with the Bruins, bringing uh, a bit of transition to the Boston net. We'll get into that here a bit in the, the mailbag part. Uh, but he said he feels he probably has the highest expectations on himself. Don't really think anyone from the outside can match that. Always try to be the best. He said he's looking forward to getting to know everyone first and foremost. Build upon that trust factor. And of course, you would be a fool not to think of the Stanley Cup as your main goal. The things that we want to achieve. So he's on board with the team's main goals. Uh, Derek Forbort, he saw a strong fit with the black and gold. Uh, part of that comes from the fact that he was named after Derek Sanderson, who is his dad's favorite player. The first hockey card he had in his room was a Derek Sanderson card. Forbort said there were some teams floating around that were decent fits, but then things started heating up with Boston, and he said, that's where I want to go. Love the city. Heard it's un." unbelievable group of guys they had a need for defensive defenseman with size and kind of worked out he also has uh, interestingly a relationship with fellow minnesotan carson kuhlman and uh he said he was talking to kuhlman he said it was a great group of dudes just a fun team to be a part of and they're obviously very competitive every year so those were the main things that went into it and hopefully he's a great fit on uh, likely the third pair with Connor Clifton at the moment and then finally Mike Riley he met with the media he said he was chatting with Taylor Hall kind of a couple games in they were both acquired around the same time and just kind of felt the same thing realized how great the locker room is the culture of the team how you get treated the city the fans pretty easy decisions in his mind it was his intention the whole time to stay in Boston there's a process sometimes it goes slower than you think on certain things the general manager is doing his due diligence, looking around the league, always figured it was going to work out, and uh, came together pretty quickly in the end. He said when he got traded to Boston, he was very excited. I tell people, the first thing I hear about Boston is the culture and the locker room. Obviously great, kind of a boost in confidence to come into the locker room and be confident to do my thing and play to my strengths. Uh, he added he thought the series against the Islanders could have gone either way. The guys are hungry to get back at it, and some guys got a lot of good hockey left in them and are focused on the summer, training hard, trying to come into camp in good shape and get things going off the right foot to be rolling uh, the right way. Mike Riley is also a Minnesota guy. Uh, he uh, played a bit of college with uh, Eric Halla at the University of Minnesota and a little bit with the Wild in his rookie year. Uh, he knows uh, Felino's brother Marcus, uh, so they have some familiarity 
And yeah, it's just kind of interesting ties with uh, Charlie Coyle as well, who is friends with Eric Haula. So it looks like these guys are really going to fit into the locker room well. Again, that's a strength of the Bruins. Uh, it's something that Sean Corrali uh, gave them credit for on the way out. And uh, it really seems like, yeah, kind of it was an intentional plucking of guys off the market who would fit in well with the group, who are familiar with some of the guys already on the team and with common goals of competing for the Stanley Cup. Now, having said all that, there do remain some questions about uh, roster composition, how things are going to look this season, and what these signings mean for the futures of David Krejci and Tukarask. And uh, we'll get into that here now as we open the mailbag. Before I start answering some of these, a big uh, thank you to all who sent in questions. I think it was the uh, most I've ever received from a uh, mailbag call. So thank you so much. Uh, the first one isn't a question per se. It comes from at Sig Shiesty. Not a question, but just want to say you guys got a good one in Linus. He's insane when healthy. Please take care of him. I've heard that a lot from Sabres fans. Uh, there was another comment uh, from at the Boone Armies. Why would the Bruins personally attack me by signing my sweet boy Linus? Uh, so a lot of um, Sabres fans going to miss him, which uh, bodes well for the Bruins, I think. Uh, at Bergeron 37 season asked, what's your opinion on the Elmark signing? Dude's a gamer and excited to see him play in a Bruins uniform this season. I have been uh, yeah, pretty high on Allmark since the signing was announced. If you look at his uh, stats, they're pretty encouraging. He has a 9-12 save percentage for his career. Uh, he has a 9-17 mark this season, a winning record with the Sabres, uh, as well as a winning record uh, in 2019-20, 17-14-3 with a 9-15 save percentage. Um, and the Sabres have, uh, you know, been pretty bad <laughs> the last couple of years. So the fact that he um, is, you know, above average save percentage with a pretty bad team uh, bodes well for him being able to settle in well with the Bruins and uh, perform at a high level, I think. Not that he'll be Tuka Rask 2.0, but uh, I think the Bruins will be in good hands with Allmark and Swayman while they wait to see what the future holds uh, for Tuka Rask. Jacob at Biancardi. Jacob asks, is there any player you think we've seen play their last game in a spoked B? This kind of relates to some other uh, questions about Krejci and Rask. I think, you know, there's some concern about Tuka Rask's status uh, whether he'll be able to bounce back from this hip surgery and if, um, you know, he'll feel up to returning to the Boston Bruins. Uh, there is constant communication between him and general manager Don Sweeney. It seems as though the door remains open there, as it does for David Krejci. Uh, Don Sweeney the other day said Krejci's reasons for delaying his decision are, are private. He's going to keep it that way. Um, I would be surprised if Krejci doesn't come back for at least one, maybe two more seasons, especially since Taylor Hall is back in the mix. 
Uh, but, you know, until name has been signed on a contract, um, you know, I don't know exactly what the future holds for either of those guys. It really seems like Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasha won't be back. They weren't qualified. It was possible that the Bruins could look at them and uh, bring them back on, uh, you know, different contracts. But it uh, really looks like those two are gone as well. But when it comes to core guys, Krejci, Rask, still very much up in the air. Corey Fromm at ccfromm21 asks, Is four years a realistic time frame for Swayman to develop into a full-time starter after getting a taste of starting already? Or is the best-case scenario a goalie controversy in two or three years? Now, Swayman, of course, came out of the gate uh, with a very impressive 7-3-1 record, a 9.45 save percentage. It's important to remember he is only 22 years old, and there still is some room for development. Um, and, you know, we need a bigger sample size at the AHL and NHL level to really, um, I think, anoint him as the next guy in net. I think that's why the Bruins signed Allmark to four years, just as kind of a safety net. I think it's still possible that Swayman could start or end up this season in the AHL. As, you know, if, if Rask does come back, then they'd have Rask and Allmark. Swayman doesn't need waivers to be sent to the AHL, so I think that's still a possibility. Um, you know, all signs point to him being able to be a number one starter at the NHL level, but again, you need that uh, sample size to base that on. He's still very young, only 22. He'll turn 23 in November, the end of November, and, you know, I don't really know if goalie controversies exist in the NHL as much anymore per se many teams have adopted that kind of 1a 1b uh, platoon situation where it's it's more of a 50 uh, 50 or 60 40 split very few teams have kind of like a 80 20 or even 70 30 split um, and you know when it comes to Swayman and Allmark and or Rask um, I think yeah in a couple years two three years you could see kind of a platoon situation, which isn't always a bad thing. You get uh, to keep your goalie fresh. You're not riding him hard in the regular season, saving him for when, um, you know, things get more intense in the playoffs. Uh, Swayman still on his entry-level deal for another two seasons. He'll be an RFA after 2022-2023, and that's where they're going to have to, yeah, kind of come up with his next deal. Is it going to be a long-term deal? Will it be a bridge deal? Uh, time will tell, and we'll see how he progresses here over the next couple of years. But, um, yeah, I think two, three years is a realistic, I mean, four years for sure is a realistic time frame for him to develop into a full-time starter. That would take him to 26, turning 27. Uh, I'd probably say, yeah, that two- to three-year time frame is more realistic and uh, it all depends this season, of course, if Rask comes back or if they ride with Allmark and Swayman uh, all season long. Next question comes from Daryl Ingram at Daryl Ingram 9. He says, hey, Ian, love the pod. Go Bruins, go. Thank you, Daryl. I really appreciate that. Uh, Do you think Jake DeBrusque ultimately is moved for a top six center if we don't sign Krejci 
or more likely a top four left D-man. I would say if um, Krejci is going to be traded, it would be for a defenseman. And I'm not convinced it would be a left-hand guy at the moment. I mean, they do have Grizzlick, Riley, and Forbort penciled in as the top three. And then you have, you know, Zborl, Vakaninen, John Moore remains on uh, the payroll as well. Ideally, he would be kind of packaged along with DeBrusque. Uh, I really do see the right side as an area where they can upgrade. Um, I like Connor Clifton, but I don't really see him as an 82-game plus playoffs guy that will give them the best chance to win night in and night out. Um, I would have liked to have seen them grab Ethan Bear from the Edmonton Oilers as that third spot guy. I think that was maybe a missed opportunity in hindsight. Um, And if you look at the forward depth at the moment, um, I really think, yeah, they're banking on Krejci coming back. And if he does, that would allow, uh, you know, Felino to go back to the third line, left wing, or Haula uh, to play with uh, Coyle. And uh, therefore, yeah, kind of making DeBrusque, um, I don't want to say expendable, but um, you know what I mean more of an asset on the trade market. Travis Bolin at Travadol asks, should Krejci not resign? What are the Bruins' options down the middle? Patrice Bergeron, obviously. Uh, the second and third spots would be filled, presumably, by Charlie Coyle, possibly Eric Howla. Um, Nick Foligno can play center. Jack Stanika's uh, reportedly beefed up and potentially could challenge for that third-line role. Uh, Trent Frederick plays center. So there are options down there. Are any of them a true number two center? Uh, Not quite sure. David Krejci, I mean, sorry, Charlie Coyle is kind of being paid like one. Uh, And ideally, he would be healthy and ready to go. We all know he had those knee issues last season. Uh, So that's how I see that shaking out. Should Krejci not resign? A similar question came from Vincent Vallada at Velada underscore Vincent. If Krejci remains on side, do you keep the chemistry of Halla Coil on the third line with Felino at 2C or bump Coil up to 2C? Felino said himself that he's been told he could play anywhere in the lineup. Uh, so yeah, I guess he might get a chance to start on the second line with Hall and Smith. Although again, Jackson Nika could be ready to challenge for that spot as well. Uh, I think Howla Coyle makes a lot of sense on the third line, uh, but who plays on the right side, that remains to be seen. Would it be Howla at center, Coyle on the right, with DeBrusque on the left? That probably makes uh, the most sense. Can the Bruins survive another postseason with Grizz on their top D pair? Uh, I think Bruins fans have a kind of a misperception that Grizzlick isn't a top pair defenseman. He and McAvoy are quite dominant uh, when they are on the ice together. Uh, Name-wise, perhaps you'd want uh, someone else. And like I said the other day, you judge the roster based on kind of after free agency, then on opening night, then after the trade deadline and at the start of the playoffs. Um, Could they use help on defense? Everybody can. So um, I think they can survive another postseason with Grizz on the top D pair. I think they can thrive in that situation, uh, but 
ultimately, you know, there's still a long time until then, and I don't think Don would be inactive heading into the trade deadline if, um, you know, the Bruins are indeed contenders. George Bartolo asks, do you find it mysterious with all the silence regarding Krejci and Tuca? Uh, not so much with Tuca. We know he had hip surgery. He's in recovery mode. Can't play until January at the earliest. So, you know, might as well sign him to a prorated contract when he's healthy and ready to go. Krejci is a bit more mysterious. We kind of know that he is mulling over whether or not to go back to the Czech Republic. And... Um, Sweeney alluded to perhaps something deeper going on there. Um, But, you know, in due time, that will all play out, I think. And it's important to remember these guys are human. They have families. Fully respecting David Krejci's privacy at this time. Before we get to a couple other mailbag questions, just a quick word about uh, Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's really something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves, whether it's coconut, cherry barcia, which is Mayor Zilberberg's favorite, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, or German chocolate. There's really something for everybody, and if you haven't tried the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors. Now, not only are Built Bar flavors uh, great tasting, but they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, all amazing tasting and healthy for you. Order today and get the limited edition grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you want. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is very cool. You can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. A couple more questions here. First from Liam Burgess at BurgessLiam2. What kind of split do you think Allmark and Sway will have in net? I think a 70-30 or 60-40 favoring Allmark especially for the team to cover their bases if Tuca doesn't return. Hopefully, Allmark can teach Sway a lot. Yeah, I think that uh, I'd probably lean more on 60-40. I think they'll give Allmark a good chance off the top to establish himself and gain some confidence in the Bruins' net. But I don't think you want to have Swayman sitting for too long. Uh, You know, ideally, he'd be playing full-time in Providence, um, this season, but uh, he will be the backup with Vladar being traded, barring you know signing another veteran goaltender, and uh, it would be beneficial to the Bruins to give him you know at least one out of every three starts, and perhaps you know uh, two two of five maybe something like that. I guess that would be, yeah, 40% of the starts. You don't want him sitting around for long periods of time and not getting into game action, at the very least. Uh, Final question. Oh, no, a couple more, actually. Robert Parks, I am Robert Parks, asks, there's still rumors of a bigger trade happening this offseason. Obviously, with the Krejci uncertainty, what who do you think it might be that we're targeting? Well, there's been rumblings about the Arizona Coyotes, Uh, Christian Dvorak, um, who can play center, a very talented young center. Um, Perhaps he can be packaged to bring in uh, a guy like 
Phil Kessel. I'm still on the Kessel train. Uh, but in terms of other bigger targets, I don't think the Bruins will be in on Jack Eichel. Doesn't look like they'll be in on Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, I'm I'm not really quite sure, to be honest. i got to check out the trade market and uh, see what might be out there. I'd love them to go after a, a Tyler Bertuzzi from, um, from Detroit. But again, the biggest need is at center on defense. Um, and it seems like Dvorak is kind of the guy. The Coyotes are really in sell mode looking to uh, recoup picks. Uh, so the Bruins could perhaps, you know, package like a, a second round pick with John Moore uh, and DeBrusque for, uh, for a Dvorak. I could see something like that happening. Now the final question from Ian Gray at Milky underscore Johnson. Does Charlie McAvoy sign a crazy nine plus million deal like we've seen this offseason? Or does he continue to take discounts like the other guys have to keep the team competitive? Uh, yeah, this question comes on the heels of Zach Wierenski uh, getting nine plus million. Seth Jones, Kale McCarr getting paid. Dougie Hamilton getting paid. Uh, I think McAvoy certainly warrants a look at a deal like that. Uh, my hope is that it falls more in the 8 to $8.5 million range and that he does indeed take a, a, a page out of other guys' books like Pasternak, Marchand, who have taken some team discounts, even Taylor Hall to a certain degree. Uh, but he certainly deserves to be paid and uh, he will... I would think become the uh, or have the biggest contract money-wise in terms of Bruins history with um, David Krejci now off the books with his $7.25 million contract. Thank you so much for sending all those questions, uh, quite a lot. And I know I, I kind of powered through there, but hopefully I was able to give some sufficient uh, sufficient responses. All right, let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. A couple rumors here to hit on. It appears as though the Hurricanes and Devils are most interested in Vladimir Tarasenko. And, uh, you know, they signed Brandon Saad to a pretty big deal yesterday. So that's reigniting uh, some Tarasenko rumors. The hope is that they can uh, get something done sooner than later. Uh, the Hurricanes do have to sign... RFA winger Andrei Svechnikov, who I think is ripe for a uh, an offer sheet, really. Uh, apparently, John Vogel of The Athletic reporting Sabres GM Kevin Adam feels no pressure to trade Jack Eichel. Uh, he'll make that move if he gets an offer that makes sense for his club, and he won't ship him out just for the sake of doing so. Uh, so that could be interesting as we get closer and closer to... Um, training camp. Uh, Bruce Garriock of the Ottawa Sun reporting the Senators could still try to add a center. They're looking at uh, Ryan Strom of the New York Islanders, and they have kicked the tires on Eichel, which uh, would be interesting, but probably the price is a bit too rich for their blood, although they do have quite a few uh, pretty talented young players that they could float uh, when it comes to acquiring the likes of, of Jack Eichel. Alex Ovechkin said that the impetus behind signing a five-year deal with the Capitals was to try and catch uh, Wayne Gretzky's goal record. He needs 164 more goals to break it. That's an average of 33 goals over the next five seasons and uh, very much within 
his capabilities, I would think. And finally, the latest on the Chicago Blackhawks story. Uh, former Boston Bruin defenseman uh, Nick Boynton uh, came out and said that pretty much everybody knew what was going on back in 2010. He met with some lawyers to take part in the investigation being held by the Blackhawks. And in an interview with TSN on Wednesday, he said, they asked me who knew, and I gave them names, basically everybody on the team. I said, everybody effing knew about it. You can talk to the coaches, former assistant John Torchetti. He called out former defenseman Brian Campbell, Patrick Sharp, Patrick Kane, the training staff knew. I'm sick of this wall of silence. This, of course, is all in reference to the lawsuit filed by an unnamed player uh, that he stating that he was sexually assaulted by then video coach Brad Aldrich. So, uh, you know, f- a couple of other former players have come out and been open about it. Brent Sopel, for one, uh, Flyers uh, player or former player Dan Carcillo said he knew about it back in 2010. Um, so hopefully this is the beginning of of things blowing up a bit more and some accountability there as well. Anyways, I have talked long enough for this Friday episode. I hope you all had a great week. Again, thank you so much for checking out the free agency-related episodes of uh, Locked on Boston Bruins. Like I said, yesterday was a very good day for downloads, and I really do appreciate that. I hope you're all uh, planning to have a good weekend. It's a long weekend up here in Canada. Don't have huge plans, but uh, try to, yeah, just enjoy the sun. Uh, My wife Lauren and I started watching... Uh, Dr. Death last night, which is based on a, a very popular Wondery podcast, stars um, Joshua Jackson, uh, Alec Baldwin, Christian Slater, uh, so that's pretty enjoyable. I'm going to check out the new episode of Dave. Uh, I've started watching AP Bio on Netflix, which is pretty funny, and of course, keeping an eye on all things Boston Bruins. Like I said, next week we'll be at three episodes. I'll be back Monday unlikely Wednesday and Friday. Um, Kind of the flow will be kind of a newsy episode on Monday. Try to do a mailbag on Wednesdays and then connect with a a friend of the pod for the Friday episodes. Again, hope you're all doing well and have a great weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Take care, friends.